This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold Golden and Gregory. Welcome to Energy Matters, a show about how you can save money on your utility bills, use technology wisely, and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Here's your host, veteran energy regulator and clean energy expert, Commissioner Tim Eccles. Thank you, Scott Slade. It's always great to be saving money on that power bill, using technology wisely, and living a more sustainable life. Hey, I'm Tim Eccles. I'm vice chair of the Georgia Public Service Commission. My host, uh, co-host, as always, from Decatur, Georgia, KC Boys. Casey, how's it going? Tim, it's always great to be saving money, as you say. It's always great to be living more sustainably, as you say. And uh, we'll talk about technology today, yeah? Yeah, we are going to talk about technology because people want technology, Casey, and sometimes they're so infatuated with it that they don't get a second and third quote on big investments and they make mistakes. And this is what's going on right now, Casey, in the solar industry out there. There's It's, it's almost like the Wild West out there. And I wanted to do a segment on our show just to warn people that, look, you need to be careful. You need to be getting multiple quotes because some of the, some of the players – that are out there telling you that you won't ever have a power bill again, Casey. I'm afraid they're deceiving people. Yeah, you know, Tim, I actually had a friend text me the other day. He had a solar company come to his door and say, hey, you know, we were sent out here by uh, your power company and there's a new tax credit we want to let you know about and you don't have to pay anything to put solar on your roof. And, you know, he, he knows that I've got solar on my roof and he just wanted to you know, hear what I had to say about it. And I said, look. You know, Georgia Power, and and I think I'm correct in saying this, probably none of the EMCs or, or municipal utilities are going to send someone out to your house to talk to you about solar energy. So let's just let's just put that aside. Um, these are private companies that are going out and selling. And, you know, there's no new tax credit. There is a tax credit, but it's nothing new. It's available to take on your uh, federal uh, taxes. Um, and, you know, Tim, there are programs, and I think we've talked about it on the show before, where people can put solar on their roof without putting money down, but they're taking out a loan to do it. And so, as you said, as with any large financial purchase, buying a car, uh, you know, sending a kid to college, whatever it may be, you know, understand the finances and understand what you're getting into before signing anything. That's right, because if you put solar on your house, having secured a loan for it, right, that's going to be a contractor lien against your property. And when you sell it, you are going to have to pay off that 20000 25000 30000 whatever it is at closing to settle that uh, unless you can get the, the folks coming along behind you to assume that. And I don't think these loans are necessarily assumable uh, that, they're, that they're doing. These are, these are folks that are selling loans out here uh, as much as they're selling panels, Casey. Yeah. And again, a loan may be a good situation for individual folks, but, you know, you've got to make that decision for yourself. And if you've got a financial advisor, you know, consult them and a a CPA, consult them um, and really, you know, make sure that you're getting into what you think you're getting into. There are cases, Tim, where you can take out a loan and the monthly payment on the loan is less than uh, what you save on energy. So you end up cash flow positive in month one. But that's not every 
every single solar situation and you may not want to take out a loan. Um, so really read the fine print and, uh, you know, again, uh, know what you're getting into. And, you know, Tim, I think the other thing, and, and you said it at the beginning here, is get quotes from a couple of different installers. So if someone comes to your door and says, we've got this great deal, okay, cool. You, you can get a quote from them, but reach out to a couple of other uh, folks um, and get quotes from them and see how they compare. See who you like talking to, see who's got the better deal. Um, the Georgia Solar Energy Association has a good list of solar contractors as well as resources available for uh, homeowners that are looking to go solar. Um, that's gasolar.org. You can go on there and, and find information about that. Um, so there's, there's a bunch of resources out there yeah casey how about the two sponsors that sponsor this show week in and we out week out creative solar usa and solar sun world i know the principals at both of these companies uh, i've interacted with them countless times uh, we, we know that they are reputable and that they do a good job they're also members of the association and you, so you, you get the person that comes to your door, and then you call Creative Solar, and then you call Solar Sun World, and now you've got three quotes to, to decide which one you're going to go with. Uh, but yep. do, not, do not do this based on one single quote. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and the other thing, um, you know, Tim, for, for folks that are thinking of going solar, um, you know, looking at these different companies, um, you know, talking to neighbors that might have solar and getting their experience. Um, and if you don't have neighbors that have solar, uh, you could look for, um, and, and there have been these programs around the state now, multiple times, Solarize programs. So, um, you know, these are programs where a, a group of folks get together and say, we're going to vet contractors and get a good, solid contractor with a good, solid reputation that's going to offer a discount for people for a limited time only in a geographically defined area. And, you know, I've been involved in the Solarized Decatur Decab program. We've done two of these, Tim. We've installed almost uh, two megawatts of solar capacity in DeKalb County. And we went through and we actually checked references for the installers that proposed. So those of us on the steering committee, we called customers of these installers and said, what was your experience? Good, bad, ugly. Would you do it again? Would, you know, would you do it otherwise? And so, you know, if you don't feel comfortable in doing that, you know, getting multiple quotes or checking references yourself, those Solarize programs are a great way to go solar and have some of that risk taken out um, because there are people like me that volunteer on these Solarize um, steering committees to help do that due diligence. Yeah, the last thing we want, Casey, is for people to have a bad experience and go, oh Absolutely. man, I tried I tried solar. I won't ever do it again. I mean, we want you to have a phenomenal experience. We want you to see that by you putting an energy plant on your home, that you are reducing your overall energy cost. We just don't want you to be saddled with something that's going to follow you around or impact your credit or keep you from selling your house or anything like that. Casey, there's, there's another group out in California. I visited them in L.A. It's called PickMySolar.com. PickMySolar.com. And you just go to their website. You type in your address. And then what they're going to do, they're a nonprofit, Casey. They are going to find three reputable solar dealers for your address. They're going to get a virtual quote from them. They're going to look at your house on Google Earth. They're going to give you uh, an initial quote. And then you can then have them come out to your house to finalize it. But this is, this is yet another way to have three quotes 
to be able to make sure that you're getting the best deal and that you're dealing with a reputable company. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, I, Tim, I think you're right. You know, we want people to have a great experience with this. I feel like we should have Clark Howard on the show or something like that to do that, our little consumer protection segment here. But, you know, we know that, that you know, there are some uh, companies that are uh, engaging in shady practices. And in part, it's because, you know, solar is a booming market in Georgia. Um, you know, they're, they're, uh, you, maybe you could talk about the, the net metering pilot program that's going on. And that's part of what's driven this. Yeah, it, it, it has because what, what that net metering program that I put forward in 2019 did is it essentially it, it cut the payback period about 30 percent, which then caused people to go, OK, 12 years was a long time, but seven years, eight years. That's pretty good. We know we're going to be here that long. Let's go ahead and make the investment while there's still a 26 percent. Uh, federal tax credit, because that tra- tax credit's going to go down, isn't it, Casey? It uh, is, yeah. So it's going to keep going down over the next couple of years and eventually sunset. So, I, I mean, definitely, if you're thinking about going solar, it's a great time now because you can get that tax credit still. Um, but, you know, costs continue to come down. So, I mean, it's it's never, a, you know, much like it's always a good day to be talking energy and saving money, it's always a good day to go solar, Tim. Yeah, it's, it's, it's important for you to 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 make sure that you do due diligence on these companies. I, I can't tell you how many calls I'm getting now, Casey, from people who are saying that they have been promised uh, you know, the, no power bill. And that is absolutely impossible to do unless, unless you go completely off the grid and you've got a whole garage full of batteries there. I mean, Casey, a lot of these solarized programs are adding a battery component, right? They are, um, but that doesn't necessarily take you off grid. What that does is it allows you to avoid peak times during the day if you're on a time of use uh, rate. It also gives you some limited backup if the grid goes down. Um, uh, you know, it's not necessarily like a, a home backup generator kind of capacity, but it'll keep your fridge running and you know your internet router and maybe a TV and some lights and you know keep you relatively comfortable until the power goes back on. Um, so a lot of people are doing these batteries, but yeah, like you said, to, to go completely off grid, you've got to have a lot of batteries and a lot of solar to deal with, you know, winter time, a week full of cloudy, rainy days, and just things that, you know, if you're connected to the grid, you just don't have to think about. Yeah. You know, Casey, I think you and I, as geeky as we are, we probably would take the challenge to go off the grid if we were triple dog dared to do it. Uh, but the average person, they're just simply wanting to, you know, be green, to live sustainably, you know, to, uh, you know, contribute to, you know, to, to a better planet. Uh, but they are not wanting to have their life disrupted in a major way when it's, when it's cloudy or rainy. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, again, the, you know, solar is, is fantastic. We have solar on, on our house. We love it. We've had it there since 2016. We do not yet have a battery, but it's on the, the radar at some point. I'll tell you, Tim, when we get a battery, what that experience is like. But, you know, plenty of people are, are doing the home battery along with the, the solar um, and, and really enjoying it and saving money and contributing to having greener energy on the grid. Um, but again, you know, just for our listeners who are, are interested, whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get a couple of quotes. Um, really do yourself a favor and do that due diligence before making a big investment. When we come back, we will talk about 10 summer energy saving tips. You know what? That's going to save you money. I'm Tim Eccles. 
Stick around. You're listening to Energy Matters. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit. And the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. Gas South. The difference is good. Logan Booker, producer of Energy Matters, here for Green Power EMC. From the suburbs to rural farming communities, Georgia is enjoying the benefits of a more sustainable future through the power of solar energy. Available from 38 of Georgia's member-owned electric membership cooperatives, or EMCs, these not-for-profit utilities are harnessing the sun's energy to bring clean, renewable, and affordable electricity to 4.2 million Georgians. For more information, visit www.greenpoweremc.com or contact your local EMC. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by Arnold, Golden, and Gregory, an AMLAW 200 law firm with 180 attorneys in Atlanta and Washington, D.C. They take a business sensibility approach when advising clients. They provide industry knowledge, attention to detail, transparency, and value to help businesses and individuals achieve their definition of success. AGG subscribes to the belief not if, but how. We thank John Gornall and all the attorneys and staff at AGG for sponsoring our show. Hey, it's Tim Eccles back on Energy Matters with Casey Boyce and Decatur. Casey, how's it going? Good. We've been talking about saving money and, uh, uh, you know, doing your due diligence on solar. And we're going to move to some energy saving tips provided by uh, the power company. Right, Tim? Yeah, at georgiapower.com, you can find a lot of information, including at georgiapower.com forward slash solar, some of the things that we were talking about in the previous segment about solar. But Casey, turning our attention to things now that you can do in order to save money when the rates are a little bit higher and when you're using more energy for air conditioning. Let's start with number one. Yeah. So number one, and, you know, we've talked about some of these before, but, you know, these are coming from the, the power company um, and, you know, they're looking to, to help people take charge of their bill. Um, they're saying, you know, if you've got a manual thermostat, something that's not a you know smart thermostat, set it to 78 degrees in the summer. Um, and if you've got a programmable or a smart thermostat, you know, use its features to uh, set back the temperature, make it a little bit warmer when you're out of the house and then make it comfortable when you come back. Um, And then, you know, also, and we've talked about this before on the show, using your ceiling fan, having your ceiling fans on can make it a lot more comfortable in your rooms at a little bit higher temperature. So you don't have to have the, the temp cranked down to, you know, 68 or anything like that to still feel comfortable in the summer. Yeah, number two is to change standard air filters once a month or the pleated ones. Those are a little more expensive once every three months. Casey, I actually have one of the uh, one of the kind of permanent filters that you mm-hmm. then take and you hose out. Uh, because oh, wow. my the suction in my unit is so strong that it bends it bends the paper filters and then it just allows the dust to you know to get into the system so i use this more permanent steel filter and i i prefer the paper filter because i feel like it's probably a better quality the pleated ones but uh, but i'm going with that more permanent unit 
Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So number three is caulking and weather stripping around your windows and doors. Um, and this is something you can do any time of the year. But if you're feeling around your windows and doors and you're feeling hot air coming in, um, that's a place that you want to address with caulking or weather stripping. That's incredibly cheap to get at an Ace Hardware or Home Depot. Um, and, you know, just takes a couple of minutes of your time to address. Yeah. Uh, number four is to turn off the lights when they're not in use. Uh, so, uh, Casey, if you remember, I gave everybody a challenge uh, maybe, you know, a year ago on the show where I talked about turning off 10 bulbs to save $10 a month and the importance of making sure that you convert those bulbs as they blow to LED. And even if you have some perfectly fine incandescent bulbs, hey, stick it in your bedroom closet where you only turn the light on, you know, three minutes a day or something like that. So you can go ahead and move that bulb over, take your LED bulb and use that like for the lamp that we leave on for our daughter at night. So it stays on sometimes 24 hours, Casey, uh, because if somebody gets up in the middle of the night, we want them to be able to see. We have a lot of guests. Uh, and so we make sure those lights are LED that are going to be on uh, any duration of time. Well, Tim, you just jumped to number eight on the list. But just a, one other benefit of these LED bulbs is not only does it save energy uh, to use those, but it also produces a lot less heat. So if you hold your hand next to an LED bulb, it's not hot like the old incandescent. And so that means that your air conditioner has to work a lot less hard to keep you cool during the summer. Um, I'm going to go take us back to number five, Tim, um, since since you stole our thunder with number eight. Uh, but number five is using a smart power strip. You can get these on the Georgia Power Marketplace uh, and get a little discount on it or just unplug electronics when they're not in use. A lot of these electronics, Tim, they're still drawing power even when they're plugged in, um, but off. Casey, let me ask you, you have an electric car. I have yeah. uh, I, I have a Nissan Leaf and a Chevy Volt. Um, so when your car finishes charging, and I know you're on time of use and you're charging overnight, but let's say that you weren't. Would you unplug your car as soon as it's finished charging or would you leave it plugged in? You know, I usually leave it plugged in because the uh, we have two electric cars. We've got a Polestar 2 and a Volkswagen e-Golf. Both of those basically stop drawing power as soon as they're done charging. So uh, Tesla's, uh, my understanding is that they can continue to draw power even if to, after they've stopped charging. But every other electric car I'm aware of, uh, they just stop. Is that the case with yours? You know, sometimes I hear that Chevy Volt, I mean, the Chevy Volt that I have, I will hear it if it's plugged in, uh, I will hear that fan turn on uh, huh. in, in inside that engine compartment area where the generator is. So I've started unplugging it as soon as the lights, you know, all, you know, glow fully charged. I will unplug it because I feel like ah, this is this is doing something here and it, it's probably drawing a little bit of power. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, Tim, what's our, our sixth tip here? Well, Energy Star appliances are more efficient and they've got a little logo on them um this a little star it says energy star so you know as you're shopping at the georgia power marketplace or home depot or lowe's or wherever that if it's got the energy star logo it's going to use less power uh so it's going to be a more efficient appliance but even then casey i'm told that energy star appliances that they can be 
more efficient than other Energy Star appliances. So you actually have to drill down into the Energy Star program itself. Have you found that to be the case? Well, I was going to tell you a story about how geeky I am, Tim, is that uh, I haven't had to replace any major appliances recently. But when we uh, did our home renovation and we replaced all of our appliances, we, of course, got Energy Star for everything. But if you go on the Energy Star website, it will give you the energy usage of all the different appliances that are Energy Star rated, everything from fans to televisions to washing machines, dishwashers, refrigerators, you know, basically any consumer electronic. And I went in and I figured out what the most efficient of everything was that we needed to buy. And I went out and I bought that thing. So this has been a couple of years, but uh, that data is out there. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Certain Energy Star appliances are more efficient than others. And you can get all that uh, detail if you just Google Energy Star and go on their website. Yeah, number seven is making sure that furniture or curtains or rugs or other things aren't blocking your vents or return, especially those return air registers, uh, to help your heating and cooling system operate more efficiently. And Casey, we're going to have Mark Kuntz on from uh, from Mitsubishi soon, um, but I was at his house in Monroe. He has you know solar batteries, you know, uh, and he had three 22-seer Mitsubishi split units. And wow. those units, the, the, it, it, as I looked at them, they were barely making any noise. It looked like the fan was hardly even turning in there. <laughs> and Mark was just sitting there beaming. And he, and he said, Tim, imagine if everybody in Georgia had a Mitsubishi 22-seer unit, how much less energy this state would use in the summertime. I mean, that's that would be an interesting back of the envelope calculation. Absolutely. Well, and and the other thing, you know, not just you know making sure that the vents are clean, but also those outside units that you're talking about, keeping them clear of any debris. They need airflow to work efficiently. So you know, if you've got bushes around, and make sure that they're they're trimmed back, and and those units can get uh, get the air they need. There's a product called EcoCool. Others make something similar, but it's like Lipitor for an HVAC unit, basically allowing that unit to operate more efficiently. And I put it over in our Bogart house in our unit and then put some data collectors inside to check if it was working. And so that's something if you've got an older HVAC system, you might consider kind of a additive that would go into that oil that flows through the cooling system. Tim, that's a phrase I never thought was going to show up on this show, Lipitor for your AC unit. (laughs) Oh, all right. We're going to move on to number nine now as we round out the top 10 here, which is washing your uh, clothes with a full load. Just, you know, wait until you've got a full load, wash it in cold water. The newer uh, detergents that you can get, they're formulated for cold water. So uh, like unless you need to have hot water for any reason, uh, you can save a lot of energy by just using that cold water and then, you know, dry your clothes until they're dry. But don't, you know, set it on an hour and a half just because that's what you've always done. See, you know, how long it actually takes. Don't over dry those clothes. Hey, I take my campaign shirts and other polos and I don't even dry them. I just put them on a hanger and hang them. Uh, they last longer. Yeah, there you and go. So, yeah. The last one, Casey, is setting your water heater's temperature to 120 degrees Fahrenheit in unconditioned spaces and then 
wrapping it with an electric water heater or an, I'm, uh, uh, wrapping that electric water heater with an insulated blanket for additional savings. Casey, I had someone call me the other day and say, hey, we were gone for six months to Europe and my gas bill was X amount. And as I drilled down into their gas bill because they were complaining about the bill, I discovered that just keeping that hot water at 120 or 130, whatever they had it set on, was about $7 a month uh, wow. in, in gas usage. And so they would have been better, Casey, just to turn it off completely. Uh, in yeah. fact, being gone six or seven months, you might as well disconnect your gas service completely, and then you can just reconnect when you get back uh, if there's no one living in your house and they didn't have anyone there. So, you know, that's, you know, maybe a topic for another day is looking at, at, at natural gas plans and strategies and how to keep your natural gas bill as low as possible. But clearly, you know, if you're not going to be in the house for six or seven months, you certainly need to disconnect those appliances and not be wasting that natural gas. For sure. Hey, well, Casey, these are great suggestions. And folks, if you want to find out more, you can go to georgiapower.com or just Google energy saving tips. I'm Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. We'll be back with another segment in just a minute. Tim Eccles of Energy Matters here for Solar Sun World. No doubt you've seen solar panels popping up all over the state. If you want the precision of German engineering when it comes to solar, Solar Sun World is for you. GERD and all the folks at Solar Sun World understand the complexities of solar and how to make it work for you. From tax credits to inverters to accelerated depreciation, they'll advise you on the best path forward. And Solar Sun World now offers power purchase agreements. Find them at solarsunworld.com, solarsunworld.com. Gas South believes in the difference we can all make, like the difference in putting people first and showing that you care. For us, our difference is saving people money with our best rates and no deposit, and the difference we make in our community by taking care of our friends and neighbors and giving back 5% of our profits to help children in need. Learn more about what makes us different at GasSouth.com. Gas South. The difference is good. This episode of Energy Matters is sponsored by BMW Auto Sales. With gas prices hitting over $3 for the first time since 2014, isn't it time you consider a hybrid or a plug-in hybrid from BMVW Auto Sales? These plug-in hybrids will go 50 miles on electric charge, saving you precious money and time. Skip the line at the gas pumps and charge in your garage. See more at ev-hybrid.com. That's ev-hybrid.com. Tim Eccles back on Energy Matters here on the road at the Georgia Mining Association Conference with Wes C. He works with BASF, a German company. We've talked about him before. Great company working around the world. Welcome to Energy Matters, Wes. Well, thanks, Tim. It's good to be here. Hey, this conference has been a very positive thing for me because, frankly, I had not spent this much time with people in the kaolin business or the mining business, uh, and I've learned a lot. How important is this industry to Georgia? Well, I think it's uh, by tonnage and by revenue, uh, one of the top industries in the state. And there are, I believe, 34 minerals mined in Georgia. 
and this trade association represents uh, mining companies from all those minerals. Um, you know, they say if it can't be grown, it's got to be mined. So I'd say it's as important to the state of Georgia as associations that represent agriculture, farming, uh, any kind of business in this state. Let's talk about kaolin in particular and what it goes into. Uh, we're painting our house right now, and I'm told that my Sherwin-Williams paint has a lot of kaolin. Is that right? It does, Tim. Um, kaolin goes into paint. It goes into paper. It goes into the receipts uh, that you get at the gas station when you pump gas. It goes into uh, ceiling tiles, uh, catalytic converters in your car, um, all sorts of things. How about makeup? It does go into makeup, yeah. There's a small amount of it, you know, per small percent does go into makeup, other pharmaceuticals as well. Those are sort of low volume, high specialty uh, applications, but it does, yeah. I mean, isn't it a challenge helping young people who have no idea that your product is being used by their family every day? Isn't it a challenge trying to help them connect the dots? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I only work 30 miles from the mine in Macon, Georgia, and a lot of folks living in Macon, grown-ups, kids, are completely unaware of the kaolin industry that's so close to them. Um, a lot of folks aren't aware that there's just white dirt right under the red dirt, so close to where they live, and how many products it goes into. As you think about exports coming out of Georgia, I mean, we all know about chickens, right? We have a lot of chickens, and they're, they're either refrigerated or frozen, and they're, they're shipped all over the world. We think about airplanes coming out of Gulf, Gulf Stream. We think, about, uh, we think about other products that are being exported by our state, including pine tree products mm-hmm. like toilet paper, yep. uh, diaper fluff, uh, all of this. I, I, a lot of people aren't even aware that trees have such an impact, but your industry seems to be this best-kept secret in Georgia. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it, it's been around for over 100 years. Um, it started in the early 1900s when uh, folks who were mining kaolin up in New Jersey were traveling by rail down to Florida and noticed it in the cuts for the railroad and came down to Georgia, bought up some property and started these mines. And yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's as prolific uh, as some of the wood products in this, um, in this state. I mean, it's, it's the reason that the Georgia Institute of Technology started a ceramics program many, many decades ago. So yeah, it is, it is one of our best kept secrets. We, we ship hundreds of thousands of tons um, through the Port of Savannah, export containers uh, all over the globe. I was at a toilet making factory um, and touring it, watching them um, mold these toilets out of what they said was kaolin mm-hmm. and then put it into a furnace and it shrunk down to about 75% of its original size. So people are actually sitting on your product product every day. Right. Uh, not the water wash kaolin that we process at BASF, but the air floated kaolin that comes out of Georgia does go into what's known as the ceramics market, uh, which is pretty broad and covers white wares, which you might think of as your toilets and your sinks. So there is a, a lot of Georgia kaolin in your sinks and toilets at your house. Let me ask you about BASF. I'm a big fan of German companies, and these these uh, German companies are very committed to excellence uh, to fine engineering. Do you see that in BASF? I mean, you see a lot of 
other of companies around the Sandersville area that are in the same business. How does BASF and its German DNA, how does it distinguish itself in this business? Well, you know, the BASF uh, Corporation is famous for its German engineering and attention to uh, technological advantage and detail, and that is applied to the kale and business in middle Georgia. And we do get to reap the benefits of the attention that's been paid to engineering over the last you know, several decades. Let me ask you, we just got a few minutes left, but let me ask you about energy usage in your business. I, I, you know, our show's called Energy Matters. I regulate energy uh, here in Georgia. Uh, how does your business use electricity and natural gas? We use both uh, to run all of our equipment, which involves processing the kaolin clay, both in a water state and then back to a dry powder. So we use electricity to, from everything from moving the clay from place to place to removing water through vacuum systems. And then we use natural gas to evaporate the water in dryers. And then finally to calcine the clay, to change the clay into a different crystal structure. And that requires heating from natural gas as well. So both natural gas and Georgia Power's electricity are um, big parts of our operation. As you describe the process, I mean, I've got to think you've got geologists, I've got to think you've got chemists. What, what kind of folks go into really rocket science part of this business? All of the above, Tim. <clears throat> you mentioned the geologists. We do have geologists on staff that start the process of the mining, um, planners that help work with the Georgia EPD to open new mines foresters that um, work to remove the timber, and then you've got mechanical engineers, chemical engineers, electrical engineers that process the clay and ship it on to the customer. So as you think about mining, uh, I mean, there's, I guess, as I deal with environmentalists and I speak to environmental groups all the time, they seem to have issues with, you know, with forestry, with, with wood, with uh, burning wood with any kind of mining. Do you find that the, the companies today are giving back to their community, are making the land uh, as good as it was when they got there? How is all that working out? Well, at BASF, we pride ourselves on our reclamation activities. Um, we have won several uh, President's Award in Reclamation from the Georgia Mining Association where we compete every year to uh, against our, our competitors in the, in the mining industry to uh, prove excellence in reclamation of lands, in some cases to leave it in better shape than it was originally found before we began the mine. Uh, we work with landowners to uh, plant trees, create fishing ponds, um, and all of that is done in a way to restore the land to uh, at least uh, the state in which we found it, or in some cases, make it better. You know, when I ride through Middle Georgia and I sometimes see a pond in Kaolin country, it almost looks like the Caribbean because the water, the water seems to be blue. Yep, that's because like a swimming pool you might have at your house, or uh, Kaolin is white, and those open Kaolin pits have white bottoms. And like an open swimming pool, they reflect the uh, light from the sky, and it looks as blue as a swimming pool you might have at your house. So yeah, when you're when you're up in the air flying around Kaolin Country, and you look down, you can see quite a few what look like blue swimming pools. That's just uh, Kaolin pits that have filled with rainwater, and beautiful. 
Let me ask you just in our final few minutes about the future of the business. I know here at the conference, you guys have heard from officials, regulators. You've you've gotten uh, you've gotten kind of a preview about maybe some of the the headwinds coming for the industry, maybe from Washington regulators. What what are what are you concerned about for your industry? Well, the perception of the mining industry is uh, one that we've got to consistently work on. Um, like I said earlier, if it's not grown, it's got to be mined. So there's, you know, hundreds of products that Americans require daily that, that are mined. And so we've got to just do a good job of publicizing the good things that the mining industry does for our country. And um, just remind everybody that we contribute and, and how we can do that in a, uh, in a way that's um, most beneficial for, for everyone. How can folks find out more about the business and about your company? Well, BSF has a wonderful website, social media platform. Anyone can go to that and see how BSF is contributing to um, our lives every day. Uh, the GMA also has a wonderful website that uh, our executive director, Lee Lemke, and his staff maintain. So for mining in Georgia, I'd recommend the GMA. Well, just as we as we wrap up, I went to the University of Georgia. Where did you go to school? Tim, I went to Georgia Tech, and we probably don't want to talk about this subject much longer. You know, our our tech grads are they're going everywhere. I mean, Georgia Tech. I, I mean, truth be told, it's the MIT of the South. It is an outstanding institute, and I'm and I'm I'm proud that I was able to make it out of there. Uh, it's a tough place to go to school. And it's getting tougher and tougher. I'm fairly sure I would not qualify to attend there today if I were to try to apply. Well, Wes, I really appreciate you being on Energy Matters. Thanks, Tim. It was great. Hey, stick around for another segment. This is Tim Eccles. You're listening to Energy Matters. Energy Matters would like to thank GasSouth for its support of the show. GasSouth has a no-deposit policy and offers some of the lowest per-therm rates in the state. Use the promo code MATTERS for a special deal. GasSouth, the difference is good. Creative Solar USA is a Georgia-based turnkey installer of innovative solar panel systems. With their NABCEP certified installers, they ensure you receive the highest quality solar energy system in the industry. They're proud to work with you before, during, and after the install, blending customer demand, system capability, and expertise to provide the best service possible. Contact them today at 770-485-7438 or creativesolarusa.com. Tim Eccles here for Marlin Gas Services. Marlin doesn't sell gasoline, propane, or even natural gas, but they do solve problems and difficult ones when traditional pipelines are shut down. Remember that contractor that pierced the pipe at the bottom of the Savannah River, terminating gas service to all of Hutchinson Island? Marlin was there. They trucked highly compressed gas over to the island, restoring gas service until the repair could be made. See more at MarlinGas.com. That's MarlinGas.com.
This segment of Energy Matters is sponsored by Hall Booth Smith. This law firm works with over 88 Fortune 500 companies, and they have offices from Brunswick to Athens, Tifton to Columbus, and of course, Atlanta. We'd like to thank Hall Booth Smith for the great work they do with school boards, hospitals, cities, and counties all over our state. See more at hallboothsmith.com. We interrupt this episode of Energy Matters to take you outdoors. On the road again. Hey, Tim Uckles back on Energy Matters. On the road with Brady. How's it going, Brady? It's going great. Having a good day. Uh, been driving lifts since early this morning. Can't complain. So here we are at Pivot 2244 Metropolitan. This is the epicenter for all things commercial EV in all of Georgia. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. I know now. Did you know that this these chargers that you're plugged into is the largest bank of chargers east of the Mississippi River? I did not know that. So tell me, how is it driving the electric Bolt? Is this your first electric car? This is my first electric car. Um, at first, I was um, kind of iffy about getting an electric vehicle, but since now the charging stations are popping up more, it's a lot easier, and it's actually a little bit more beneficial not having to stop at the gas station as much and um, just charging up the car or charging at home and then hopping right in and going straight to work. How about the, the rides that you're giving? Do they realize it's an electric car, or do you have to tell them? They actually realize it by looking at the dashboard, and then when they see it, they're surprised that it's a fully electric car. And what kind of comments do you get from people? Uh, usually, um, they start looking to getting one for themselves. So I've often said, and they do this in Portland and Denver and Seattle, I've often said that Lyft drivers and Uber drivers who are using electric cars are doing more to promote electric vehicles than anybody on the planet because you're giving what eight nine ten rides a day about yeah 10 12 and do are people surprised about the room the speed the cleanliness or what, what do they like about the car uh, usually they're surprised that it's a fully electric vehicle that i'm using for lift their main concern is um, the charging time when i tell them hey you can get a full charge within an hour they're surprised by that um being able to charge at their home, that's usually the biggest things they're, they're surprised about. You know, I just met with one of the leaders from the Aerotropolis uh, organization, which is all the cities around the airport, right? So we're about seven miles from the airport. And he was unaware of this program. And I, I grew up right in this area. In fact, this business used to be my family business. And I, I grew up here starting at 11 years old. And I've often said that this lift program with 50 Chevy Bolts uh, is one of the greatest equalizing opportunities on the south side that I've ever seen because you're driving a new car, you're driving an electric car, you're using it for, for personal use, and you're also providing rides. So this express drive program from Lyft in this area on the south side provides some fantastic opportunities, doesn't it? Yes, it does. So what do you like about driving for Lyft? Uh, just being able to do it on my schedule um that's pretty much the biggest benefit of it and the app the lift app being able to turn that thing on and then you know and how smart it is right with in terms of 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 where you're dropping off and then picking up and how it tries to maximize your time yeah um the the app is very beneficial you know if you had to say you know 
you know the best thing about the express drive program using electric cars because you're aren't you getting a key fob from georgia power or charge point that lets you use their chargers for free yes charge that charge point car comes in handy so if you're driving one of the hyundai cars you've got to put your own gas in but if you take your car to this fast charger or any other charge point georgia power charger you get to charge for free that is correct so you're paying for a brand new car you can use it for personal use you've got to pick up how many rides you've got to do to really get down to where it's a great deal for you the minimum rides uh, in a day yes uh about 10 to 12 rides and are you re- but you're renting the car for a week or five days what's the rental period on the car um i pay about 287 a week um and you keep the car as long as you want, as long as you keep up with your payments. So you give the proper number of rides, but you get a discount the more rides you give, right? Yes. And so that makes it a great deal. And so, I mean, honestly, growing up here on this, what we call the avenue back in the day, it's, it's, it's now a parkway, but there were so many, like that car lot up there that we're looking at that that's what we call the buy here pay here and even says that on the signs and and so here here's the thing i'm excited about folks on the south side who might normally have to go to that car lot and pay 30 percent interest and get a dumpy car that gets repossessed in a year they are now here driving a brand spanking new chevy bolt getting free fuel and able to use it for their personal use but also able to make money off of that car i mean we should have a million of these down on the south side well not just the south side it's a great opportunity for young people uh, especially if you just go 10 minutes uh east and you run into the auc where clark atlanta morehouse all these college kids are that need a job they can come right down here to lift they can get a brand new car start driving for lift and it's a great opportunity did you grow up here on the south side no, I did not. Uh, I actually grew up in Chicago. Uh, I was in the military for 10 years. I came down here. My last duty station was Dobbins Air Force Base. And uh, when the pandemic hit, I had to um, find something else to do to make some extra money. And I ended up here on the south side, uh, got a rental, and it's been good since. Well, thanks for being on Energy Matters today. Uh, no problem, Tim. Hey, back here with Jamie Farnham, still here at 2244. Jamie, Bright Move Inner energy i've i've already had your your colleague james tillman on the smartest guy in america with evs but jamie i guess maybe we're trying to get you to that second place right where you're the second smartest guy tell me about the value proposition for bright move and what you guys are doing for these big companies that want to put in super big chargers and do a lot of them we try to bring the design and build uh, aspect of the stations a lot of companies don't realize how much is involved everything from the the uh, utility upstream all the way down to the design down to exactly you know which direction even the ev chargers face themselves to to prolong the screen so there's a lot involved so we try to get get involved as early as we possibly can with um, the end user as well as the uh, utility so you're standing here at the pivot facility which is an incredible facility built by cox automotive and Cox is doing just an amazing thing with with Cox Conserves and their commitment to this. They don't brag on it because they're they're just not that kind of company. But I'm telling you, this facility is incredible. You just heard the interview with Alive, the interview with Brady. He's rented one of these cars. I mean, how cool is this 
on the south side of Atlanta, 50 bolts here. It's, it, it is something most Atlantans will never see, but it is an incredible thing. No, absolutely. It's very impressive. Um, like you mentioned, you have the fast act, you have the public access side, as well as the behind the gate um, for the for the other aspect of the business. So they did a really good, really really good job of um, the larger chargers and the the install is, is very impressive. And everybody needs to take advantage of uh, the opportunity down here. It's it's the best I've seen and the largest I've seen in the southeast for sure. What are you excited about when it comes to fleets and commercial? EVs as you're you're talking with a lot of people and are you getting a lot of love from these big companies do you feel like corporate America is moving in this direction yeah for sure I think they've been looking for an option for a while and it's really exciting really for the most part is to see what kind of the the different types of vehicles the various vehicles that'll be on the road the next six months to a year so I think we're really at the tipping point honestly in the next four to six months and we're going to see a big influx of vehicles for sure so we know that the that the Rivians are coming. We, we see them in California. James is from California. It's good to have him back here in the motherland because he was from Savannah. Good to have him here. Y'all, y'all are heading that way. You're going to meet with the sustainability folks. You're going to meet with some of the port people. I mean, it's going to be great because trucks and semis and panel vans and refrigerated vans, they are coming. No, absolutely. And I'll even add another one to that is the refuse industry. I've worked a lot in the refuse industry, and they're really excited to get a, a model that works um, with the torque and horsepower, and, and that's less than a year away. So I know a lot of be- municipalities will benefit um, from a cleaner um, option, and they're really excited as well. So same thing, just like on the light-duty side, the heavy-duty side and the refuse side, uh, really excited in the next six months to a year uh, to put these in, in action. So do you think it's going to be five years before people see electric semis on the road, 10 years? What are you hearing? Uh, yeah, I'd say, I mean, the first prototypes are all on the, on the streets right now. But I think until you see the really influx to you see a fair amount of these fleet vehicles, I would say uh, two to three years at least. I wonder how important it is as we think about these 50 rideshare electric vehicles here we've got 100 in denver we got a bunch in portland we've got the, the the fuel standard to pick up at the seattle airport i wonder if there are executives that wind up riding in the back of an ev that think wow maybe my company should adopt evs are you are you having conversations with fleet managers and leaders of companies who think well maybe it's time we try this yeah, absolutely. And I think the biggest misconception is a lot of them do talk about how long it takes to, to fuel quote, or charge. But in reality, a lot of these, you know, the EV in the EV space, you're fueling at home or charging at home. So that's really not a big of an option as a lot of people think, um, especially pharmaceutical, comp- um, larger pharmaceutical companies, they can fuel at home. So it really takes that that concern of the long fueling process really out of the equation for the most part. So that, that's a plus that I think more and more fleet directors are seeing uh, and realizing right now. How can folks find out more about Brightmove? www.brightmove.com. 
Um, happy to help with these fleets as you get early on in the process and in the invest- investigation process uh, on the design build. Because again, there's a lot more than dropping in a charger. Uh, we're more than happy to help on the utility side all the way down to the charger selection. So Bright Move, B-R-Y-T-E-Move.com. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks a lot, Commissioner. Appreciate it. Hey, it's Tim Eccles wrapping up the show today. Great time. Appreciate you listening. Tune in every week. Have a great day, everybody. Energy does matter. Everyone has tough times in their life. By checking the project share box at the bottom of your utility bill, you can make life a little easier for your neighbors. Your $1, 2 or $5 checkoff is matched by the utility and then used by the Salvation Army to help folks having a tough time paying their energy bills. It's that easy. Join PSC Commissioner Tim Eccles and many others by donating via your power bills this year. See more by clicking projectshareinfo.com. And thank you. The electric car revolution is coming, and the choices are growing. Gem cars are everywhere. You've seen these low-speed electric vehicles on college campuses, downtown Atlanta streets, and resort islands like St. Simons and Jekyll. Gem cars are street legal, equipped with seatbelts, headlights, and a tag, and can operate on roads with speed limits of 35 miles per hour or less. If you want to know more about these electric cars and trucks, six-passenger shuttles, mobile repair service, or full vehicle wraps, go to GemCarService.com. That's G-E-M, CarService.com. Um...